the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As much as I'd like to think I would have passed the test of faith that confronted Noah, I'm not so sure I would have. Join us today as Pastor Rander explains how daunting the task God presented to Noah was and how much faith it took to execute God's plan in this message, Noah, a man of faith. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Turn with us to Genesis chapter 7, verses 10 through 11 and verse 18. We'll start there first, and then we'll continue to other passages of Scripture in Genesis, as well as in other segments of Scripture. Genesis chapter 7, verses 10 through 11, and verse 18. The Word of God reads, And it came to pass after the seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were open. The waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth, and the ark moved about on the surface of the waters. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach the day the ark moved and God's universal judgment. The day the ark moved, and God's universal judgment. Nor built the ark as God has instructed to the exact specifications, and he preached a message of repentance and the coming judgment of the flood for 120 years, only to have his message fall upon deaf ears, resulting with only his family and the animal kingdom coming aboard the ark. After the seventh day, the floodwaters came upon the earth. Can you imagine now? After seven long days, one day, two days, three days, four days, five days, six days, seven days, waiting on God to move, and all of a sudden, without a notice, the waters came down suddenly. Without notice, the waters came with such torrential and indescribable force from every direction. It was an unrelenting rain with waters having nowhere to go. In other words, it was like water meeting waters, the coming together of waters from beneath, from above, coming together, which resulted in the movement of this huge ark. The scripture says in Genesis chapter 7, verses 10 and 11 and verse 18, and it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, 
in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Verse 18, the waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth and the ark moved about on the surface of the waters. For 120 years, Noah had been preaching, uh, repent, it's going to rain, flood is coming, judgment is coming, get right with God. That's a long time to preach the same message. Some of y'all can't even stand a seven-day, seven-week series. What about a series of 120 years with, with a theme, get right with God, because it's going to rain. All of a sudden, the ark began to move. Perhaps Noah and his family screamed at the first movement of the ark after seven days of sitting with absolutely no movement. I believe they screamed. I can only imagine when the ark moved it was probably, it probably jolted the people and the animals aboard, which meant that they had to do whatever they could do to just hold on for the ride. Now be mindful, there were no seatbelts and no rudder to guide the ark. Nor had absolutely no control of where he was headed which meant that he had to resign to the fact that only God was in control of sustaining and navigating that ark. Now, Enoch was taken to heaven before the great flood arrived, which is a picture of the church being taken out of the world at the rapture before the judgment of God upon the earth during the tribulation period. It says in Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 through 24, it says, After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Where did he take him? To heaven. Then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, it also says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then, look at the rapture here, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Yes, Enoch, after living all those years, was translated, and the scripture says he was not, and God took him out of the world before the coming horrific judgment of the flood. But on the other hand, nor in this text, who was preserved in that ark, 
is a picture of the nation of Israel who will go through the tribulation but will come out on the other side of the tribulation period preserved by God for the messianic kingdom. You say, how do you know that? Uh, There are a number of scriptures, but look at this one in particular. In Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, it says, Alas, for that day is great, referencing the tribulation period, so that none is like it. And it is a time of Jacob's trouble, referencing the time of the tribulation. But he shall, who is he? Israel shall be saved out of it. How do we know that the flood was a universal flood? You have some skeptics and some liberal theologians saying it was not a universal flood. But I submit to you today that it was in fact a universal flood. How do you know? Let me give you some facts to substantiate the fact that it was universal in nature. Number one. This was a universal flood because the floodwaters rose above the highest mountain range, meaning that nothing could survive. The the waters rose above the highest mountain range, which means that no one could survive. If the flood was regional, now, now think with me just for a moment. If this flood was regional or localized, Why did God instruct Noah to build an ark instead of merely telling Noah to move to higher ground and causing the animals to migrate to higher ground? In other words, also the, the birds and animals could have moved out of the area without having to be stored in the ark for over a year. If the flood was just localized, and restricted to a geographical area. Furthermore, why did God instruct Noah to build an ark large enough to house all of the many species of different kinds of animals found on the ark if the flood only affected the Mesopotamian valley which Noah lived in? If the flood were not global, there would have been no need for an ark. Genesis chapter 7, you're thinking with me. Genesis chapter 7, verses 11 and 12 says, in the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were open and the rain was on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Listen, we can't take a little water in Texas for just two or three days. I mean, look at all the stuff. Just people being swept away, soldiers swept away, vehicles swept away, houses full of of water, of folk being rescued. That's just a few days. Can you only imagine 40 days and 40 nights? This flood that we're in right now goes right along with my message, but this flood was infinitely worse. In Genesis chapter 7, verses 17 through 24, it says, Now the flood was on the earth 40 days. The waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth, and the ark moved about on the surface of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth, and all the high hills under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed 15 cubits upward, and the mountains were covered. 
and all flesh died that moved on the earth. See, on the earth, not just in Mesopotamia, on the earth, birds and cattle and beasts and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, not just some geographical area, and every man, verse 22, all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life, all that was on dry land died, all. Verse 23, so God destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground, not regional, not local, both man and cattle, creeping thing and birds and bird of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remain alive. That's, a, that's thousands and thousands and thousands, an infinite number of people dead. Verse 24, and the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. You know, we pray for rain when we're in drought, and then when we get a lot of water, we pray that the Lord stop the water. God says, you don't know what you want. Genesis 9:11 says, thus I will establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Look at this. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy what? The earth. It was a universal flood. It's all through the scripture. Don't let some liberal theologian or some no good talking person talk you out of what the scripture says. Many biblical writers accepted the historicity of the worldwide flood. Even authors of, of scriptures, those who wrote certain books under the auspices of the Spirit, uh, affirm the universality of the flood. Let me give you a few. In Job 22, verses 15 through 16, Job speaks of the universality of the flood. It's, he says, will you keep to the old way which wicked men have trod, who were cut down before their time, whose foundation was swept away by a flood, referencing the flood during Noah's day. Uh, in Isaiah 54, 9, Isaiah himself says, for this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. So you have Job affirming the flood, the universal flood, and you have Isaiah uh, affirming the universality of the flood. Please join the Maranatha Bible Church family on Sunday, November 13th at 10 a.m. as we celebrate our annual Military Appreciation Day to recognize and thank veterans, all branches of the military, and their families for their self-sacrificing service and selfless determination to uphold the United States of America as the land of the free and the home of the brave. Worship with us as we honor these individuals, countless of whom paid the ultimate price for our freedom. And then finally, Jesus himself. There are other scriptures, but for time's sake, we won't call all these, these scriptures uh, to account. Finally, Jesus himself affirmed and believed in the universal flood. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 26 through 27, it says, And it was in the days of Noah, 
and as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them what? All. Second Peter 2.5 says, and did not spare the ancient world. But saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, the universality of the flood. Yes, the flood was a universal flood. The second thing I like to say as we transition, in this passage, we see God's comprehensive uh, destructiveness and the devastating impact of sin. We see God's comprehensive destructiveness and the devastating impact of sin. All people and animals outside the ark died. Because of Adam's rebellion and fall into sin, the entire human race, the animal kingdom, and all creation was affected because of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. And Romans chapter 8 verses 21 through 22 says, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains like a mother who's about to have a baby together until now. Even all creation groans to be restored back to its original state before the fall of man. Because of sin, creation groans and waits in eager expectation to be restored to its original state before the fall of man. Thirdly, the flood's universality is important because it is proof of a coming final judgment when the world will be destroyed by fire. In other words, the judgment of the flood by water is a sign that there's another coming day of judgment that will not be by water, but will be by what? Fire. My friends, God said that he would judge the world with a universal flood, and that's exactly what he did. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is immutable and does not change. He is holy. God is just. God is righteous. Uh, God is righteous in his character. Peter says the same God who judged the world with the universal flood is going to shut the mouths of his critics and judge the world with fire. When judgment comes, there will be no place to run. When judgment comes, there will be no place to hide. When judgment comes, there will be nothing you can climb to get away from judgment and no underground bunker to take refuge. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 7 and verses 10 through 11, it says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, ha, 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 where is the promise of his coming. This is Jesus saying he's coming. All these years he hadn't come yet, mocking the Lord. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Verse seven, and the heavens and the earth 
which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for what? Fire until the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In other words, you won't know when he's coming. In which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Stop holding on to your stuff. Because you're, all you're holding on to is a future ash pile. So you stand in the closet and can't decide what to put on. You got stuff budging everywhere. You got stuff you think you're going to get back down to size. Let it go. It's a future ash pile anyhow. Y'all got shoes to match clothes, clothes to match shoes. You got stuff all over the house. The house is cluttered. The walls is cluttered. The garage is filled. The attic is filled. Uh, The shed outside is filled. And the storage down the street is filled. Go on, give it up. And and the older you get, you come into a realization, it just doesn't take that much to live life joyfully unto the Lord. As a matter of fact, when you mature in Christ, you, you begin to realize that it just doesn't take that much to live. And when you're younger, you oh, I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want that. Give me, give me, give me. I, five, six, seven, eight, nine. If what you have is working for you, be satisfied. Be satisfied. Everything is a future ash pile. That's why we got this pulpit. I'm so glad this thing is, is movable. Because some people make a God out the pulpit. Don't touch the pulpit. Don't move the pulpit. Don't touch the... T- Ooh, don't, a child can walk up here and grab me by the coat and give me a big hug because they have that kind of freedom. We are not legalistic here at Maranatha. Where the Spirit of God is, there is what? Liberty! Stop holding on to your stuff. Now, I know you need some things, but we have way more than we need, and we need to start downsizing. Some of you stockpiling money, and you just getting more and more. You live in fear. Oh, I got to save. I got to save. Yeah, now, now, you know I teach savings, and I teach spending sensibly and all these kinds of things. Investment, I do teach all that. We, we'll be doing it every fall. We have two or three messages where we preach about financial stewardship and financial management. That's just healthy because one of the primary reasons for divorce uh, is over the issue of money and money management. But my friends, you may as well learn to give to God, give to your family, and then give to others, and give God the first and the best off the top and stop cheating him. Give him more and more and more. Listen, the, the, the more you grow, and a sign that you're growing in Christ is that you're willing to financially release that which belongs to him in recognition that it is his. You don't give to God because he's broke. You give to him because he's good. And if he doesn't do another thing for you, he's already done more than you deserve. Do I have a witness out there? Everything you have is a future ash pile. Everything. Alligator shoes, ash pile. That nice smelling cologne, the perfume, ash pile. That that purse. I wish I can call his name. See, if Maurice was here, he can call the names of this stuff. But but these these special name I name brand items that you paying all this money for, and some of that stuff you think is real is fake. 
You'd be surprised. You know, I got the real thing. Ha <laughs> ha. You put that thing on there. You, some of y'all drinking water that's right out the tap. You, <laughs> you buying all this water. Oh, oh this is oh, oh, this is good. <laughs> if you do the source of some of this stuff, <laughs> you start praying right now. <laughs> Listen, don't you put your confidence in man and don't put your confidence in stuff and learn to let some of this stuff go. Begin to release it. Begin to use it for the kingdom. Begin to make spiritual investment in heaven where moth and rust and thieves cannot break in and steal because everything is going to be burned up. Verse 11, therefore, since all things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Let me summarize this and we'll be done. You say, summary already? I know you're in shock. Yes, summary already. Number one, (laughs) don't touch your bags yet now. It's not time to go. Number one, stay with me. The darker and more wicked this world becomes, the more authentic and intimate our relationship with Jesus Christ should be, and the brighter the light of Christ should shine through us. The darker America becomes, the world becomes, the more real your salvation and and authentic it should be. And the closer you ought to be walking with the Lord, the more intimate your relationship should be with Jesus Christ. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You cannot shine for Christ with a distant relationship with the Lord. Secondly, we must realize that obeying God can be a matter of life and death physically and even more so spiritually. We must realize that obeying God can be a matter of life and death physically and even more so spiritually. You need to learn to obey God and obey God now. As in the account of Noah, he and his family survived physically when everyone else outside the ark died. That's why you need to stop following people. Stop making a big deal out of people. Stop putting people on pedestals. They sent us. That's right. And some of these people you're putting up on a pedestal, uh, they're candidates for hell. Stop, stop. Because everybody outside that all died. A whole lot of people died. And I know Noah was glad he did not follow people. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and He knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust Him, lean on Him, and to acknowledge Him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on Him and Him alone to uniquely perform His good and perfect work within us. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. 
Families and friends, join the entire Maranatha Bible Church family for food, fun, prizes, and fellowship at its 2022 Hallelujah Fun Festival on Saturday, October 29th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on the Maranatha grounds. Fun activities for all ages include photo booths, ball pits, moon bounces, pony rides, petting zoo, pumpkin hunt, s'mores, cakewalk, and so much more. See you on the 29th at 11 a.m. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.